You need, you need information. All right? Inspiration is good, but information is better. You need information about Jesus. And who is Jesus? The Word of God. Hallelujah. Who came hungry for some revelation tonight? That's what I like to hear, you know. Who was here last week? Who got touched last week? I know somebody got touched, you know. That's our testimony. I think Mike, Eminem, they told me there was a, what's their name, Eminem? Mike and Michelle. Mike and Michelle. We're fairly new. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we've been here two months, something like that. Um, It's been fantastic. Wednesday nights was something where I grew up, we didn't have a lot of Wednesday night churches, like never. So this has been a new experience. And last Wednesday when Pastor Jesse said, who came hungry, that was us. And it has been awesome. And, And the thing that stuck was, to wake up and acknowledge, I've been a Christian my whole life, but I've never really understood the Holy Spirit and how he functioned. I knew he was there. I knew he worked, but I didn't understand the details. Motivation's great, but motivation's temporary. Inspiration and teaching is long-term. And if we can get that, I can motivate you, but if I inspire you, you'll take it home with you. And what hit me was to wake up and acknowledge the Holy Spirit that morning and I did that. That was on Wednesday. We had already set up a while ago to have some friends over for a praise party Saturday night where we get together with our friends and just talk about how good God is. Saturday morning, I wake up, and I am just, like, not feeling good at all. We've been planning this. We're catering. It's, it's, it's going to be good. And I'm not feeling it. I'm like, Satan, I see what you're doing. And we went and went through with it, and I said, Holy Spirit... Seriously? And he goes, reject it. Don't accept it. Use your mouth and reject it. And I said, I reject you, sickness. I reject you, infections. And he says, what else do you reject? I said, I reject you, poverty. I reject you, anything. I reject you, low bank account. I reject everything that you have put in my mind is not in my life because I can't do anything with what you're telling me, Satan. And I said, in fact, I'll put your name on my shoe and step on you. Because he says, you're under my feet. And I put God's name on this one. It says, and I, every place I put this foot, I take. And so the Holy Spirit has just been acknowledging this whole week of just confession. I accept you, Holy Spirit. Good morning. And I thank you for putting, pointing that out. And I can hardly wait for this week. Thank you, Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. Not playing church. I got another brother of mine that's sitting in this church that was struggling with alcohol, you know, and, and he was struggling with coming to church. You know, every now and then he showed up. But I think he's been coming regularly, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night for the last several weeks. And today he gave me a testimony. He's not ready to testify yet. Still a, a little shy. But, uh, but you know what? 47 days without alcohol. That's, that's, why you go, that's why you go to a spirit-filled Holy Ghost church. You're not just here warming up the seat. He's working in you. When you sit in the chairs here, he's working in you because he is here. And we bring him in when we come in the door. Hallelujah. 
but but we need to be trained in the word. A lot of people go to church for years and never understand who Jesus is or what he did. And, you know, they don't even say, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. You know, I don't, I don't think I go anywhere where people don't hear me. Sores, uh, hospitals, elevators, thank you, Jesus. You know, I mean, I just walk in, thank you, Jesus. What a, why? Because I know what he did and what he's doing for me now. And once you know somebody, like, man, you can't, you can't help but thank him, you know. The devil attacks you, man. We're not free from being attacked, but, you know, that's okay because he said all things were together for good to those that love God. So no matter what I'm going through, it's going to be good at the end. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm glad you're hungry. I'm glad you're here because, remember, our spirits needs the bread of life. Our spirits needs the water of the Holy Ghost. Without this too, we will, we will be spiritual weaklings. The majority of Christians are spiritual weaklings. Hallelujah. So let's get our study, let's, let's get ready to, to study, and I hope everybody brings a notebook, okay? Because especially tonight, you're going to, you know, uh, Ram asked me, this cornbread and beans. I said, no, today's, today's a 10-course meal. <laughs> You better ready because it's a, it's good, it's not it's not short either, you know. So relax, don't be in a hurry, and get your notebooks out and learn something. Hallelujah. So let's get to our study tonight. Who knows the Apostle Paul? We've heard him, right? So the Apostle Paul was given this revelation that I'm going to teach tonight, so that he could pass it on to us. Okay. When you get a revelation, it's so you could pass it on to your, to your brothers and sisters or your friends. It's not for you to keep. You got a revelation tonight, go tomorrow and start sharing it. Hey, I got, I got a revelation about God, you know. Whether they understand you or not, you know, they, they'll get hungry. They'll say, man, I got to go hear more of that, you know. All right. So maybe you're asking me what revelation you might ask. And I put on my notes always because I kind of make jokes in my own cell when I'm writing this. And I said, maybe or not, you know. Maybe you ask me or maybe you're not. Maybe some of you don't want to know. But the ones that want to know, <laughs> the revelation of what the re- hallelujah. <laughs> the revelation of what Jesus did from the time he was made sin, said so, right notes, because some people don't don't even know that part that Jesus became sin. From the time he he made he was made sin on the cross until he sat at the right hand of the Father, and I always say that knowledge is power. Right? And understanding is a must. But, everybody say but. Knowledge and understanding of God's word and then putting it to use is more than power. It's supernatural. See? Once you get the word knowledge, understand it, and then put it to work. Don't just leave it there. That's power. But putting it to work is supernatural. Every time. Supernatural what? Supernatural power. Man, you know, it makes you an absolute overcomer when you do that. Now, you're so quiet. Do you, do you believe what I'm telling you? Don't you want to be an absolute overcomer? Overcomer what? On anything. No matter, it doesn't matter what comes your way, you're going to overcome it. Can you say hallelujah? Can you say glory to God? Are you ready to learn tonight? Ah, open your Bibles to John chapter 20. We'll read verse 15 to 18. And I, I believe it's in the King James. I didn't really write what it was. Dear woman, yeah, that's what it was. It said Jesus, uh, why weepest thou? 
Whom seekest thou? And, I, you know, when I first started reading the Bible, this thou's and all this kind of got me, you know. Uh, she supposed, uh, she supposed uh, him to be the gardener. She thought he was a gardener and said unto him, Sir, if you have, if you have borne him here, you know, tell me where, where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary, unto her, Mary, she turned herself, she turned, she turned around and said unto him, Rabbani, which is to say, Master. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father, and to my God and your God. The powerful words, you know. Ooh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Father, Holy Spirit, open the word tonight. The word is Jesus. So open Jesus to us that we may get revelation from Jesus, which is the word. And I thank you because you are our teacher. Speak words through my lips. Works that I haven't even known yet. But you know and those words will be powerful and touch somebody here. And they will learn things that maybe they haven't heard before because they need to know this information. And I thank you in advance in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody said amen. Hallelujah. Ooh. So the Apostle Paul played a very, very important part in revealing what Christ did for us in his substitution, in our substitution, okay? He was a substitute. And also, he was made known to us what the Holy Spirit, through the word on the ground, what the word of Jesus as a substitute for us does in our everyday life. Everyday life. Just when you got saved, that didn't mean that you got saved. He's, Jesus is still working for you every day. And don't, don't, don't believe when somebody says, well, once you get your heart to Jesus, everything's going to be all right. 23 is going to be better than 22. No, you got to do something. You got to put it to work. It ain't going to be a magic wand, you know, just because you accepted Jesus, you know. So take notes. There are four faces of this revelation. First, what did, what did Christ did for us? What Christ did for us? That's why you need a notebook. Second, what the Holy Spirit through the Word does for us. Third, what Jesus is doing now in the right hand of the Father for us. Fourth, what his love does through us in ministry. I looked up the word ministry because, see, I started and, like I said, I was a ninth grade dropout. So when I started reading the word, I had to look up things because I just have the words I didn't understand. But, but instead of just giving it up and going to the next word, I looked it up. And I said, wow, that's what it means. So ministry, I looked that word up. Ministry is a person, a person or a ministry through which something is accomplished. An agent, for instance, an agency, an instrument, a position in the church. See, that's all with ministry. When you say, I'm in, I have a ministry, but you're doing something, you know. Hallelujah. Are you taking notes? I have a habit of asking that, so sorry, you know. 
As believers, we spend much time studying what Christ has done for us. But, everybody say but. Very little time has been given to what Jesus Christ does in us. Are you hearing? We want to know what he did for us so we can, get, you know, get, get the goodies, you know. But we, need to, we, don't, we don't study enough of what he is doing in us. When you, when you come up and you say that you stopped drinking 45 days, that's something he's doing in us. He didn't give it to you. you he's working in you. He's taking all that junk out and putting you, and you, you yourself testify that I didn't used to be like that. I don't know what happened. Well, because you finally, you finally allowed him to work in you. But you've got to recognize that fact and thank him. Because everything works by thanking him. You know? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You heard me, right? Everybody here? We need to get some knowledge on what Jesus is doing in us. And listen closely. We spend even less time learning on what he is doing right now. In his great high priestly office at the right hand of the Father. He's not just sitting there having uh, ice cream and cake and I, I did my job, now it's up to you. No, he's working every day for you and me, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah. When you understand this knowledge, you can't help but thanking him constantly. Once you get understanding of this, wow, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Man, that will come out, that will roll out of your mouth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, do you know that his entire ministry for us would have a total failure, would be a total failure if he had not carried on a ministry now. Okay. So his ministry is still going on right now. Hallelujah. He didn't just do it and then he went to heaven and that's it. No, he's, he's got a ministry working in you right now. Hallelujah. Wow. At the right hand of the Father on our behalf. He's not just sitting there. I told you that. Jesus came. Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. Say Jesus. Jesus. Thank, you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I can't say that enough. See, Jesus died as the lamb and arose as Lord. Our height. <laughs> he died as a sacrificial lamb. And, and arose as, as a high priest. His first ministry, after he arose from the dead, as we already read in John 20, 15 to 18, was to meet Mary. See, listen, that was the first assignment, meet Mary. That, when I, it, it didn't just happen, it was all planned out, you know. Right after he resurrected, and she fell down at his feet. And no wonder he said to her, touch me not, for I am not yet ascended unto the Father. Don't you, you know, he, he has selected you at times. And it's all predestined that you will do something for him. Because that was like what Mary had to be Mary. It couldn't be, you know, Helen or somebody else. Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended into my Father. But go. See? Go to my brothers and say to them, I ascend unto my Father and my God and your God. See, he could have gone himself, right? 
But he had picked Mary to do that job of going and talking to his brothers that he ascended into heaven. And then they had to have faith to believe her. In the world today, most of us say, oh, man, you didn't see nothing. You know? So it took faith for them when she went. He, has, he told me this, and they all believed. You know? That's when he, somebody comes to you and tells you, you should believe. Especially when talking about the Holy Spirit or God, you know? Hmm. What did he mean when he said, you know, he died as a, as, a, as a substitute lamb and arose as the Lord, our high priest. Come on, somebody. I mean, that should excite you. Pinch your neighbor. Make sure he's alive. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people sit next to you, man, that don't have no expression, you know, like. <laughs> so turn to Hebrews chapter 217 in the authorized King James. Hebrews 2.17, authorized King James. That, that's the King James. The authorized King James. You don't have the authorized one? You got the non-authorized one. Okay. Uh, all right. So, wherefore, in all things, listen to the next word. I, was, I hope they had it up there so you could, you could read it. First things, in, wherefore, in all things, it behoved... When I first saw that word back then, you know, behold. And the most problem with people, they read the Bible, but they don't ask questions. They just behold. You know, we'll pass over that. You know? Behold. <laughs> it behoved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. In things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Hmm. So all of this would be a failure if you didn't understand the word behold. So how many know what behold means? Let's be honest, you know. There's a couple of college graduates in here that know. Oh, I know behold. You know, I know all the words. No, but but see, if we're honest. We don't. We never knew that word behold, you know. I thought it said beloved at first, you know. And then I had to look at it twice. No, it's not. That's behold. So that's why I like to teach, you know. And that's why, you know, I teach and then people come back later. Man, I learned something today. I didn't even know the word behold. All right. So <laughs> it behoved him means to see fit or he saw it was necessary. Hmm. Jesus saw that it was necessary. For him to become like us. Because if he hadn't become like us, he couldn't feel what you feel. So he was in heaven, but he had to come to become like you and me. And suffer the pain and the, and the walking and all that he did on earth. To, to, to have compassion on us and to, be, to, to understand us, the human race. He thought it was necessary. Hallelujah. See, I never had, I, when I first started reading the Bible, I had no idea what behold was. That's why we need teaching. Not just, you know, preaching, but we need teaching, you know. Teach everybody so they understand. Once they get a hold of understanding, they'll go out and, and, and become big in the Lord, you know, and the ministry. 
because they understand. Say, wow, what a Jesus, what, what a, what a God we serve that 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 chose to become like me, and I'm choosing to become like Him. <laughs> Hallelujah. So take notes. It actually means to you and me this. Hallelujah. We can take this to the bank and never doubt. Come on, are you you with me? That's what it means. Whatever God tells you, you can take it to the bank, never doubt. It's true. Come on, are you with me? Glory. Jesus is a merciful and faithful high priest, not pertaining to man, but in things pertaining to God. Can you say amen? The claims of justice had to be satisfied as well as the needs of man met. That's where Jesus' job was. So it was necessary that as a high priest, he should make reconciliation. Or in another translation, it's called propitiation. See, those are big words, you know, for us Mexicans, you know. (laughs) So that's why you got a notebook, man. I got to look this up, man. This is fun, you know. <laughs> it's called propitiation for our sins. All of the sins of all the people. Propitiation means an atoning sacrifice. To reconcile means to make it right between us, between God and me. It's awesome to know that I'm making it, it's making it right between God and us. That's something to be excited about. How can we not thank Him? He paid the price for you and me. In Hebrews 9, 11, 12, in the American Standard Version, you have that one, right? Hebrews 9, 11 to 12, in the American Standard, ASV. ASV, yeah. Anybody? No? You don't have that one either? Man. Man, Buy you another thing, you know. But Christ... Having come as a high priest of the good things to come. See, you have to read it in different versions in order to put it all together and understand it. Because if you had just had the King James, man, half the words I didn't even know. But Christ having come as a high priest, the good things to come through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, That is to say, not of this creation, not yet through the blood of goats, not yet through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood entered. Now, you don't have it, but if you get it, underline this or write this down. Entered in once for all the holy, for, for into the holy place, having obtained eternal, it's important, Redemption. For once he went into the holies of holies with the blood, but his own blood. And we attain, we have eternal redemption. He only did that once. He didn't have to do it every year. It's in all days, he had to do it every year. So let me break it down. Christ having come, ask yourself, from, from where did he come? Where did he come? From heaven? From heaven? No. <laughs> Are you ready to take notes? 
He came out of a place where he had gone as a substitute. <laughs> as a substitute for you and I. Instead of you going there, he went for you. Hmm. Are you listening? Can you comprehend that? You and I were destined to go to hell. That was our destiny. But he took our place. Oh, come on. How can you not thank him? We were destined to go to hell, but he took our place. And having come from hell, because he went there for three days. How can you not yell out, thank you, Jesus? He deserves our worship. Some men that are lost out there think they're too big to come to church. They don't know what, if they only knew what, where they're going. And, and you don't have to go there because Jesus went for you. That's the good news right there. When you learn that, you want to come and worship him. He met all the claims of justice because that was heaven. That was a, a set that, you know, in order for us to ever get saved and go to heaven, Jesus had to become like us and go to where we were going to go and take our place as the lamb, the sacrificial lamb. And he met all the claims there. He satisfied the claims of the Supreme Court of the universe against all sinful men, women of this world. He had to carry his blood into the heavenly holies of holies and seal the document of our redemption with, with his blood. Put a seal on it. Hallelujah. Listen to this. His blood, Jesus' blood, is a guarantor. He's a guarantor. The surety, the one who backed everything up, the surety of the integrity of our, say, of our redemption, Shit. It's like somebody signing a document for you, and he's going to guarantee the loan they gave you. He signed it. He, he has, his blood was a guarantee for our salvation. And it's got a seal on it, and nobody can take that away. Just as the high priest under the first covenant, he carried the blood into the holies of holies once a year and made a yearly atonement. Just a year, and then he went back, they went back to where they were. Jesus carried his own blood, and he made eternal redemption once and for all. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. That's why that song's so powerful. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Man, the blood. That's what redeemed us. That's what sealed our, that's what made us. Free never to even think of hell. From an atonement once a year to once and for all. So what's an atonement? Atonement simply means to cover the sin of Israel. That's what it was. The sin nature and man that had caused him to break the law. Listen up. Not the act, but the cause of the act. Because it was an a, a, an antagonistic. It was antagonistic, or the title, uh, adversarial against God. And had to be covered every year. So now Jesus came and put that nature away. By the sacrifice of himself. 
He brought his own blood. Are you getting all this? Hmm. Nature. I no longer have the nature. See? It's not just, he didn't just forgive your sin. He took the nature of sin away from you. Well, it's not in you to sin. And you can test yourself. If you're still doing what you, you, you didn't do, then you haven't received the salvation that Jesus offered you. Because once you receive Jesus really and understand what he did, your nature leaves. You don't have the sin nature anymore. I don't have any feeling to sin. My nature to sin is gone. Because man was born with a nature to sin. Are you understanding this? His sacrifice, Jesus' blood has the power to wipe out that sin nature, not sin. Say, well, he, I, I went up there and he forgave my sin. No, he, he not only forgave your sin, he wiped out your nature of sin. Whew, that's why you go home different. That's why you wake up in the morning different because you are no longer the same. You don't have that, that desire to. That's why we got people like Gabriel over there that threw his drugs away. He came here, he had his drugs and his socks, but yet one day when he really understood what Jesus did for him, he threw it away. He no longer have the nature. That's why some people say 45 days without, without drinking because your nature left you. You don't have that nature anymore. See, That's what Jesus did. Now, in the old days, when you went to the high priest, you went once a year and he covered you. You had to bring an animal you know, you had to bring an animal to sacrifice the blood. It was one animal for you. If you had a little, uh, you thought you weren't really big sin, you might bring a pigeon. But, but if you thought you were really into it, you might bring an elephant. You know? What would you have bring? You want to cover your sin. What should, uh, a, a cow, a, a bull, you know. And it only covered it for one year. Next year, you got to do it again. Because your nature didn't leave. It was still there, you know. Hallelujah. Are you understanding this? <laughs> Jesus' blood has the power to wipe out that sin nature away. That's, how can we not thank him? Not just cover it. He didn't cover my sin. He took my sin nature away. When you make the decision with knowledge behind it, see, not just come up here because somebody scares you to come up here. No, you, you come up here with knowledge behind it. Man, I got it. Man, I, I understand now why I have to accept Jesus as my Lord. With knowledge behind it, you know, knowledge of the blood. Tonight, you can make that decision with knowledge that you, you want to be wiped, that sin nature wiped away from you. You want to accept that what he did, the sacrifice that he paid for you so that you can enter into, the, into heaven whenever we, we leave. Hallelujah. A sin can be wiped out by forgiving. Right? But sin nature cannot be forgiven. Did you hear that? Did you write that down? A sin can be wiped out. You can say, well, I asked God to forgive me and he forgave me. Thank you, Jesus, you forgave me. But... When you know what really he did, he didn't just forgive you. He wiped your nature to sin away. That's why you come back Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. You know, and then you start coming back. 
voluntarily because you're so happy because you don't have that nature. You have the nature of God in you. And now you come so you can feed your spirit so you can grow more in the knowledge of heaven and the knowledge of Christ and what he did for you and what you can start laying hands on people. You can lay hands on the sick and watch them recover because you, when you're full of sin, you, you, can, you don't want to lay hands on me. You know? But when your nation's wiped out and I know that I feel that you're cleansed and you can lay hands on me. See? Watch people recover, you know? You, you know that you're, you're, you're right with God. Me and, me and God, we made up. We're okay. So, sin can be wiped out by forgiving, but sin nature cannot be forgiven. It needs the blood to wipe out your sin nature. It has to have the blood, not just sin. You need to say with your mouth and believe what you are saying in your heart. I accept that Jesus died, shed his precious blood as a sacrifice for me. And today I make Jesus the Lord of my life. He sacrificed for me. He shed his blood for me. And today I want him to be my Lord. Ooh, then I'm saved. And at that moment, your sin nature is put away. That hostile, antagonistic nature, that hatred of God was destroyed and redemption came. Sometimes we don't know that we have a hatred for God. That's why we don't want to go to church. Because you don't know that inside of you. You know, the human nature, some people turn against God. And, and, and then they criticize other Christians or whatever, you know. But it's their antagonistic thing. Hallelujah. God no longer turns his head away from you. No longer. Or has to have a priest cover your sin nature for a year. Huh. No, that nature is wiped away. Hallelujah. How many understand this? You should be thanking Jesus over and over. Man, that's huge. This information is huge. My brothers and sisters, it's big. Huh? I hope someone got that tonight. Wrote it on your notes. I'm not talking about sin or the act. I'm talking about your nature. Sin nature. Man, I feel like dancing. Yeah. I feel following my brother over there. He's tried to make me dance, but sometimes I feel a little heavy, you know. But. <laughs> Don't you feel like dancing when you're... Oh, man. Are you ready for more? More of Jesus, which is the Word. I give you more of Jesus, I'm giving you more of the Word. So turn to Hebrews Hebrews 2, 17, and the Living Bible. Do you have the Living Bible? He does? The Living Bible. Well, some people have it out here. All right. I guess we don't have that either. Man. All right. So here's that. Hebrews 11 Bible, 2, 17. And I would like you to underline or write in your notes this, this sentence right here. And it was necessary. Write it down. 
it was necessary for Jesus to be like us. That's important to know. Jesus had to become like us. See, some people don't know that. They see Jesus up there in heaven, you know. Oh, Jesus, he's mighty and all that. No, he had to become like you. At one time, he was just like you. Huh. His brothers, so, so, that, so, that he could, so that he could be merciful and faithful, a high priest before God, a priest who would be both merciful to us and faithful to God in dealing with the sins of the people. He had to become like us. Jesus is a merciful, faithful, high priest. Can you say amen? I always say that you can't teach what you don't do anymore than you can show someone to get to a place where you haven't been. This verse is exactly what it says it. Are you understanding? You can't teach me something you don't know. And you can't show me a place where you haven't been. So if you want to teach me something, you have to, take, you have to do it first and then teach me how, what, what was wrong. Jesus had to become like us in order to understand us. And then he went and paid the price as a substitute. So he knows your pains. He knows what you go through. He went through it himself. Oh, oh but, the, but, but I just have this temptation. Well, he, you know, he, he, he knows exactly what all the people around him, you know, they were hungry. He fed them. You heard that on the offering, and you know he fed the hungry. Well, he knew he knew people got hungry. He knew he people were crying. Can you come and raise my daughter from the dead, or open my blind eyes? He knew exactly what people were suffering. So he had to become like us in order before he went up to pay the price. Can you say Amen? It was necessary. And in Hebrews 4, 14 and 15, in the New King James, it's, it, it was necessary for Jesus to be like us. Now he knows what you and I go through. And he is a merciful and faithful, he's merciful and faithful toward our weaknesses. He knows your weaknesses. He's not expecting you to do something. He knows where you're going. He went through them himself. I know it's hard to imagine that he was made sin. He never sinned, but he was made sin and was under condemnation. And for three days, let me repeat that, for three days and three nights, he was in hell. Man, when you start writing that down and understanding, then how can you not say thank you? He was there for you. If you receive everything that I'm telling you, you will never see hell because he already saw it for you. I can't stop saying thank you, Jesus. He was in where? Hell. Locked up in a prison house of death. That's now you want the good news? I can't leave you like that. I'm leave you with the good news. The Supreme Court of Heaven was able to absolutely say absolutely. Justify him as our substitute. They, the Supreme Court of Heaven hmm, 
was able to absolutely justify him as our substitute and declare him utterly righteous. <laughs> That's big. Let me put it in another way. He met the demands of justice and was liberated. God said to him in Psalms 2, 7, This day I have begotten you. What day was that? What day was that? A lot of people don't know, you know. It's not the day that he was born. He was begotten. It was the third day down in prison, in the prison house of death, that he was born again of the spirit that, was, that, that he is now. It was back then when he was in hell on the third day. That's when he was recreated. You can be recreated tonight. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Not only was he declared righteous that day, but he was made righteous with the very nature of God on the third day when he arose. Hmm. Now you know how, why we celebrate Easter. That's the day that, that God said, today I have begotten you. Now he was able to go into the heavenly holies of holies and sit down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Wow. Our substitute. Wow. Now we can understand Hebrews 3.1 in the American Standard Version. Wherefore, holy brethren. Now, uh, underline. Oh, they, they have that. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Uh, wherefore, wherefore, holy brethren, partakers. This is what, you know, yeah, underline this, write this down. Partakers of heavenly calling. That's big right there. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling. Hmm. Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, even Jesus. High priest of our confession. Can you repeat that? High priest of our confession. Now, right? Notes. Christianity is called a confession. A lot of people don't know how to say, well, I'm a Christian, you know. What does that mean? Christianity, Christianity is called a confession. The finished work of Jesus Christ is called a confession. That gives us understanding of Romans 10, 9, and 10. Because if you shall confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. So Christianity is a confession. If you should confess Jesus Christ as Lord, you're a Christian. <laughs> it is a confession of the finished work of Jesus. It is a confession that he seated at the right hand of the Father, having perfectly redeemed us. It is a confession of our sonship. It is a confession of our place in Christ. Are you listening? It is a confession of our supremacy over disease. It is our confession over weakness. It is a confession over weakness over Satan. In the name of Jesus, we confess he carries it out. You don't carry it out, but in his name... You confess, and he carries it out. I am healed. I am delivered. I am set free. It's all a confession. Jesus is my Lord. 
Are you understanding this? That, he carries it out. So confession, we need to confess all the time. Keep confessing everything that he, you want him to do, and he carries it out. That is his ministry as high priest of our confession. His ministry sitting right now at the right hand of the Father is a high priest of our confession. Not, not just stay there doing nothing. And not just come to church and sit there. No. You walk out confessing, I am healed. I am blessed. He's my redeemer. He's my Lord. I confess it with my mouth. I believe it in my heart. And he's the high priest of your confession. Okay. So let me close with Revelation 12, 11. Revelation 12, 11 in the King James. And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their, what? Testimony. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb. That's what he shed for you. And by the word of their testimony. See? Confession. You got to confess something. Talk. Let it out. You could, t- you could change testimony into, or by their confession. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by their confession. Hmm. Why? Because Jesus, our high priest, is the high priest of our confession. Wow. He's sitting at the right hand of God. He went in the holies of holies. He took his blood. He became a high priest of what? Our confession. See, that you've got to go with your confession. You've got to say something. Hmm. Hallelujah. Man, I thought it was going to take me longer than that, but I don't want to overload you. I might teach on his blood next time. <laughs> I thought on the Holy Ghost last week on, on who Jesus is right now and then the blood. What did he do? Blood's doing, man. The blood of Jesus. Now who learned something tonight? And I know that y'all didn't know everything. So now who can tell me? You can come up and tell the rest of the class what you learned tonight, what notes you took. 